This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 146. Well, it's Badger Week, and when it's Badger Week, we tried to get uh, a guest on from Badger Nation, and uh, we didn't do it earlier this year because it was kind of early in the season, but uh, we've had him back because we had him back a couple other times, but uh, Todd Molesky from the Wisconsin State Journal joins us. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing good. I've gotten over the uh, rejection of you guys not having me on earlier this year. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it now. I've, I've, I've worked through it, um, and uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm okay. Well, maybe we can make it up for you if we go out Friday night, and we'll all go out and have a beverage together. All right. I, I think I'll be up for that. <laughs> I figured you would, because I assume you're coming up here. Yes, I'll be there. Now, you're pretty much you're always at Mariucci. They even had cake for you last year, didn't they? Uh, well, or was that my, the year before? My, that was last year. My my wife sent that along because yeah, it was my fortieth birthday on the Saturday night game last year. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Deutsch uh, Deutsch was chirping me today, saying I've got to bring some cake again this year. Right, so I've I've got a lot to live up to, I guess. Hey, there's no food in the press box anymore. So bring a big cake. That would be great. I'll, I'll figure out a way to bring something. <laughs> if they're gonna let me in with anything, but I'll I'll hide it. Uh, well, we could sneak in somehow. We used to sneak in Jello shots back in the day, so. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. Um, well, on the gopher side, ah, geez, Hammy. Here we're getting all excited to sweep a Notre Dame, and then they go in, and, you know, our, our, our good friend Nate, Gopher State, just been saying forever, and we've been saying forever, boy, the Gophers play to their competition, and they did it, and they did it really badly this past weekend against Michigan State. Yeah, actually, the lady I've been dating, Janelle, told me today, boy, you guys are going to have a lot of negativity on the podcast tonight because <laughs> she listens to it. So anyway, uh, you know what? It's kind of one of those deals where it's like what we talked about last week. If you sh- if you don't shut down that top line, I mean, they can really roll on you. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, they had a great weekend against our, t- our guys. And, um, you know, it, it, you didn't play good road hockey. I mean, he, it's one thing to play that open style and be a little bit loose when you're at home, but you kind of have to be a little bit um, more conservative, I think, at times on the road. And they just just didn't do a good job, especially against that top line. And we talked about it, Viggs, all, all before on the last week's podcast and how good this uh, was it the KHL line is for Michigan State, the best probably you know the best line in the country, and they bit us pretty bad. Yeah, I didn't think they bit them as bad on Friday night. I thought Minnesota got a little bit unlucky Friday night with some deflections that that got past Robson, and mm-hmm. you know I, there just wasn't a lot of juice in the Gopher game to overcome that. I, I asked Motzka a little bit about you know what makes the freshman line so unique, and I added, is it because they dump the puck in and they can go win it back? And he's like. Obviously, you've been watching the games <laughs> because <laughs> no other line is able to win pucks back, and they just kind of refuse to do that. They don't like to play a good road hockey game where you put it back, put the other team under pressure, and go win puck battles. 
and the freshmen, you know, a bunch of guys all under 165 pounds are the only ones that want to do that. And, you know, we've heard that in the past and, you know, you don't have to be a big guy to do it, but, you know, if you put out a good effort, uh, you can get results and those guys are. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, some of their most consistent players are some of their smallest. And, you know, Nathan Burke is making a good impression his first year coming from the NHL. Sammy Walker, you know, just impressing everybody with how quickly he's adjusted. And now Blake McLaughlin's got his legs under him and he's starting to contribute. And you'd like to see some of the other lines play a little bit harder. You know, I think we saw each line let themselves get choked off turn the puck over here and there and Michigan state made them pay. I do think Michigan state's a little bit better than they've been in the past. They have that really dangerous line, but I think overall they're a little bit better than they've been. Yeah, they have been better and they have beaten a lot of the top teams as well. I know they've beaten Ohio state and whatnot. So, so, um, I mean, that's been a good thing Uh, on the flip side. You've got the Badgers playing Notre Dame this past weekend, you know, a a game in Madison and then a game in, uh, in Chicago, Tell us a little bit about that, Todd. Well, the game in Madison, well, and I guess really the whole weekend, the Badgers kind of continued this theme of being right there at the end or right (laughs) there in the third period and not really having either the guns or the wherewithal to get it done. Um, And and Friday especially, they, uh, they they were the better team. The Badgers were better than Notre Dame that night, and I mm-hmm. think Jeff Jackson w- would have admitted that too. Um, they just did not have the right combination at the end to, to, in a close game. Um, couldn't get the, the goal that they'd been getting earlier in the game. It, it, it locked up. They didn't. I don't know if they were, you know, gripping the six too tight. Whatever cliche you want to pick, but um, it it didn't go for them. Uh, and then Sunday. Uh, probably a little bit closer of a game, but I still think the, the Badgers probably deserved a little bit better than they got um, with a tie and a, a three-on-three loss. So the, it, it's really just been the way that this team has gone, especially since the break, that they're, they they came, they had Denver at home, uh, and they were right there with them, lost both games, the <laughs> second game in overtime. They had Notre Dame at at home and then the neutral side game. In both games, you know, lost and, and tied. That's obviously not going to get them anywhere uh, this season. Uh, but that's that's kind of the reality of, of what they are right now. They're a team that's looking for that killer instinct and that um, that ability to, to, to finish. Yeah. And right now, because of that, uh, well... They're tied for last place in the Big Ten. You know, obviously, right. they, they've played a couple less games, so uh, it's maybe not as bad as people think. Um, but but technically, they are in last place. Uh, and actually, I think what's even more surprising, uh, Viggs, is uh, Penn State has played two more games, and they are in last place. And I didn't think that's where we would see them this season. Well, I think it's just a testament to the Big Ten this year that two through seven – everybody's pretty even Ohio state has kind of separated themselves as maybe the most complete team. And even they've stumbled a little bit here and there, but I think just two through seven, all those teams are also tight. It's hard to get sweeps, which is surprising to see Minnesota go into Notre Dame and get a sweep and then travel to Michigan state and get swept. Cause I think all the teams are really close. And if a team is giving consistent efforts, 
each night, it's going to be hard to take six points from them. Yeah, so so Hammy, the Gophers get swept at Michigan State for the first time in forty years or something like that. But you know what? They still they're still in second place, which is not so bad. Well, I mean, it's definitely it's better than being in last place, obviously. So, I mean, I I think it's put them in a good position at least, you know, make a run for uh, you know having that buy and being able to kind of take advantage of um, a little bit, you know, of a breather at that point in the season. And but you know, it's like I said last week. I think that this team is, if they're going to get anywhere, they're going to have to win their way in, and and maybe that's what they really need at this point you know, with a new head coach and you know, trying to develop a new culture there, it might be the right thing for them to have to, you know, earn their way in. And um, I know that we all like to feel comfortable, like we're going to make it no matter what. But, um, hmm. you know, sometimes in the long run, it might be better. You know, you don't know until you kind of, you, know, you look back in hindsight, but it might be for the best for them. And for the Badgers, I saw you tweeting earlier today, Todd, that, uh, what, they need to pretty much win 11 of their next 12? <laughs> yeah. or, so, or so, I mean, obviously they could win the Big Ten tournament, but uh, it is a ridiculous number. Yeah, it's, it's it seems to be almost like that, just ridiculously impossible <laughs> yeah. uh, circumstance of of trying to win ten, eleven, twelve games out of you know just to end the regular season in a good enough spot uh, to to be uh, in the, the the pairwise race there. But yeah, it's. Um, you know, well, they're they're two games under five hundred right now, so they really they should. This is the the spot they should be in. They're they're not a uh, a team that you would think uh, with a record like that, and I mean, with some of the losses that they've had, uh, would would be anywhere close to uh, a pairwise contention. Well, the funny thing is, Viggs, uh, Minnesota's kind of in a similar boat. You know, what are they nine, ten, and four overall? I mean, they're right around five hundred or one game below right now themselves. The only thing that's really might be keeping him, you know, in contention is that, you know, they are in second place and they can, you know, at least have a chance at, you know, doing well in the Big Ten. But uh, overall, they're still right in the middle of the pack here. Well, I think anybody in the Big Ten has a chance to get that at-large berth. You know, all the teams are pretty competitive with each other. Every team has guys who can score. I think if you're looking for positives out of Minnesota, it's that they have – played pretty well the last two months, even this last weekend at Michigan State. Even though they didn't have their A game, they were still generating lots of scoring chances. They got three goals both games. You can point to the deflections as a little bit of uh, bad luck going against them. I think they're going to have to win their way in, though, because you look at what they are in the pairwise, I think 25 right now, and those bad losses to Ferris State and St. Lawrence. They're going to hurt them. So I think this is a team that's going to figure out a way to get in good spot at the end of the season and look to win their way in and, and just try to build from there. Uh, I thought one of the most interesting things Monscow said this week in his availability was that this is a team with some issues, and if they don't play hard, those issues are glaringly obvious. Yeah, well, I, I, you talk about some of those deflection goals, but you know, I kind of just you – know, Look at it that they gave up ten goals on the weekend, and uh, a few deflection goals or not, giving up ten goals on the weekend is not a recipe for success, Viggs. No, it's not. And I think part of the issue was they took a bunch of penalties. I think you know they put uh, Sparty on the power play um, seven or eight times on the weekend, maybe even more than that, and they didn't do a good job of design denying the zone to them. 
and they just let them set up and they let guys get those deflection chances. So we've seen the penalty kill kind of rear its head a couple times where they just make a few mistakes and they don't, you know, play as tough a man down as you'd expect them to. And a big part of the kill is denying easy entries. Mm -hmm. And if you let a team get set up, especially in the Big Ten, there's enough talent on every team to be dangerous. Yeah. Can't disagree with that. Well, well earlier, uh, actually, was it today? or I think it was today or maybe yesterday. You were tweeting that there's some uh, special meetings this week uh, coming up for NCAA hockey. Uh, v, why don't you tell us more about that and how it could really impact the, the recruiting in college hockey? Well, I've I've heard some rumors today that the vote got pushed to April. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I haven't heard back from the NCHC or Big Ten office of whether or not that is actually going to happen. Uh, basically, what the legislation is is that, that it's going to prevent schools from contacting players until August 1st of their junior year, and it's going to prevent players from contacting schools until January 1 of their sophomore year. So that, that prohibits pretty much any contact from any school to any player um, before the middle of their sophomore year and doesn't allow schools to reach out until August 1st. And I think one of the big pieces of this legislation is that any offer of financial aid or you know verbal offers can't happen until that junior year starts, and the players can't take official visits until that date either. So I think it's a pretty big change to push back recruiting, and I think because of that's if it gets voted on, it's going to go into effect immediately. Maybe there's some pushback by some of the coaches, and that's maybe why I'm not hearing back from <laughs> the conferences. But it's something all six conferences worked on. It was going to be up for a vote this week, and then all of a sudden it's not on the agenda. So read into it what you want, but mm. I think this is a change that would be good for college hockey if it gets through. What are your thoughts on that, Hammy? I mean, this does sound like a pretty good deal. Well, I mean, obviously it would make recruiting the, the cycle go on longer. You'd probably be making a little bit less mistakes simply because you'd get more opportunity to see guys play. You're not necessarily going for those young guys, and you don't necessarily know if they're going to be putting in the effort as they mature and, um, you know, how some people rest on their laurels. So I think that from a coaching perspective, I don't know why they wouldn't want that. I think some of the talk in the past about, potentially losing players to you know canadian major juniors and having to make offers earlier or whatever to me that, that was kind of a bunch of baloney for most college teams i think there's very few that face that kind of pressure to that level and frankly if a kid's gonna go that route then let them go i mean there's a lot of good players out there so um i think it'd be good for uh, college hockey in general and i'm sure coaches I mean, heck, Lucia used to talk about it all the time when he was a coach, you know, that he would love to not have to recruit any players until they got to be seniors. So anything that can delay the process and give them more time uh, to look at players, I think is going to be a good thing. Pretty much the same feeling there in uh, Badgerville, Todd? Well, I had, I had two thoughts on it. That One, that, yes, yeah, something, I think everyone realizes <laughs> something had to happen, and this is probably the best uh, the best they could ask for or that they could realistically enforce and, and you know, putting those kind of restrictions on it, the being that, you know, they're going to find out obviously if there's been an offer made before it's not mm -hmm. permissible. So uh, there's, there's some, uh, uh, some real uh, uh, possibility that you get in trouble on something like that. But the other part of it um, is that, you know, coaches, you know, often say one thing, but 
when they're out <laughs> recruiting and out making offers, they're they're acting pretty differently. So, um, I I remember I think it was this year's uh, Big Ten coaches preseason call um, that Mel Pearson was was saying that you know I, we, th- this is this has got to stop. I'm I'm gonna I'm one of the offenders. We have to get away from you know, offering 14 year olds. Um, but it's hard to do that. Right. I mean, that's, (laughs) you're, you're in a competitive situation. Um, and maybe some of it is major juniors, probably not. Most of it's the other schools. Um, and it's, um, it, it needed someone to be the big person in the room, I think. And I think they finally got around to doing it with the NCHC kind of being the the catalyst for, uh, as they are in a lot of things in the last few years, uh, for getting stuff like this done. Um, it probably is, is the, uh, you know, the, the right way to go. But I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of grumbling privately uh, <laughs> from coaching staffs, especially, you know, course. around here. I, I, I don't think they're going to be that big of a fan of, of uh, having to wait a couple more years than they have on, on some of these guys. Yeah, um, right. But, you know, as long as everyone's having to play by the same rules, um, that's probably as, as, as well as you can ask for. Well, and I think that's the big deal right there is that, like you mentioned, <clears throat> coaches are not good at policing themselves right. in a competitive environment. Right. Um, and so it, it's important for there to be some kind of guidelines that they all have to live by um, so it, it just kind of makes things more clear cut because if coaches in a competitive environment, if there's a loophole to be found, they're going to try to find it. And the more that you can kind of define things and make it kind of a, a, a no go, no matter who you are, I think it's going to be best for everybody. Interesting that it got tabled though, huh? Viggs? I mean, bye. Yeah, it was all set. Uh, the NCAA released the notice that it was going to be on there. And I'd been kind of following up with a couple contacts uh, to see if it was going to be as controversial as I anticipated it might be, because I know the Big Ten threw out that, you know, the the delayed enrollment eligibility thing it, that was going to go right in the NCAA meeting, and then that got tabled. So it's it's interesting to try to figure out why they they aren't going to vote on it this week. I think it's important for college hockey, because I think you know it's not only the coaches who you know fall into the trap of end up offering these young kids it's the players and their parents who are pushing the coaches to make that offer and the coaches are kind of like well i don't want to lose him so i might as well make the offer and you know offers don't mean anything anyway so it's only the national letter of intent that really counts well i mean you 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 can obviously police you know the schools on reaching out and having visits but how do you stop the kids from doing that i mean Let's say a thirteen-year-old or whatever reaches out to to Wisconsin or something like that, and does does this Wisconsin have to say, I'm "Sorry, we're gonna have to uh, we we can't talk now. You're gonna have to wait." I mean, but you, it's really hard to stop a kid from doing that, isn't it? Well, it'd be kind of like me saying, "I'm gonna write full time for the Athletic." <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm freelancing for them. There's no full time job there for me to take, so <laughs> I could say it, but it doesn't really mean anything. <clears throat> And in that case, I would assume the schools would, schools would just have to say, "Sorry, we can't talk to you right now," and that's about. All I think they, they couldn't even comment on it. The really? NCAA would probably come knocking, and they would say, "I don't know why this kid is saying this. We we can't make an offer." 
So he, they better not have. <laughs> I think they're supposed to, uh, uh, in, in theory, point them toward uh, academic, you know, admissions people instead of, you know, oh, you okay. want to come visit our campus? Well, okay, go go talk to a, a admissions instead of come and talk to the hockey program. And I think players could still do that. They could still go for their usual campus tour. They'd still be able to go to you know the hockey camps that all the schools run. There just couldn't be any recruiting, no talk of offers, no special treatment, things like that. That's that gets into one of the the grayest of the gray areas. There though is you know what becomes a recruiting conversation in those camp uh, settings. Uh, so <laughs> there's going to be those kind of you know. Who's going to find a way around this rule and this rule? That's that's the way everyone works. Is you know trying to stretch it as far as they can. It, well, yeah, that's that's kind of always been that way, though, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you heard about guys e- eons and eons ago. You know, uh, was it the LSU coach had uh, Shaquille O'Neal in for a camp, and uh, he was he, he couldn't recruit him yet, but he sort of recruited him. So it's. It's it's kind of interesting, you know how this. Well, they've been run, they've been running a model camp at the U forever, so yeah. during the summer, so it's not like that's anything brand new. And right? and the Wooger had his camp back in the day too, and he had his camp for much longer. So, uh, um, I, I guess who knows? I mean, There's a difference from a, a camp like that and bringing a kid around, you know, with a tour of the assistant coaches yeah. and taking pictures and go for jerseys and sitting them down with here's your plan, watching film with them one on one. You know, there's a difference between what's a unofficial official visit and what's a camp experience. Yeah. Well, so. and ultimately what you have to have an offer to accept that you're going to a school. If you can't offer anything in the first place as a college, then all the discussions might be have some meaning, but they don't have all that much meaning. Um, so, I, and kids are not going to commit without knowing what the heck they're, they're committing to. So that's just it's ridiculous to even assume that. Okay, well, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see if it gets back. You know, it, what would be really disappointing if nothing happens in April, Vigs. If somehow somebody keeps it out of there, and then it's going to be like nothing's being solved. Yeah, I think that would be a big sign that it's having trouble again enough votes to pass, but yeah. we'll see all six conferences worked on it. So okay. maybe it's just the mid year implementation it, that's scaring people off. It is kind of odd to do it right in the middle of the season. I, I, I do think April is pretty appropriate if, if you ask me. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, if you have any questions for us on Twitter, just use the hashtag GPL podcast and we'll try to get to them. And obviously those of you listening live, you just uh, chat in the mixer chat and we'll try to get them. I see Mote is watching the wild game. Looks like it's two to two, but uh how about some questions, Mote? You got anything for us? But before we get to all that, uh, let's uh, listen from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors, to the collegiate teams, to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom 
historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL Podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. Well, we've got uh, Sky Rob being funny again in, in uh, on Twitter, saying, "Does Barry Alvarez feel bad for earning the WCHA?" Um, and of course, he did say half joking. Um, but <laughs> how are uh, they feeling I, over there in Badgerville about this WCHA thing? Are you guys still adjusting to the Big Ten yet? <laughs> I I feel like I hear less and less about that uh, every year. Um, maybe maybe. It's- just perception and maybe i'm tuning it out in, in terms of people who are you know pining for the wcha and well uh, it is barry's fault it's all barry's fault <laughs> uh sure um <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that um yeah. i i think you've got to remember when the uh, uh that play was made uh to to try and get the big 10 formed the there were a lot of schools that were, shall we say, less than enamored with the WCHA leadership. Um, yeah. And Wisconsin being front of that line, and I think Minnesota is probably up there somewhere. Um, it, it, the WCHA that we're talking about from before the, the split uh, was a great league on the ice and run not so great in the background. Um, the small schools had maybe, uh, outsized influence in some things. And I mean, let's face it now, you know, put the big 10 schools together and you've got, you know, the, <laughs> what the NCHC call it like-minded institutions mm-hmm. when they, they mm-hmm. formed that. I mean, that was a big thing for them at that point. So, all right. Um, yeah, it happened. Yeah. The, the, the names change, the teams change. You're not getting a lot of that back, but you know, I think we've we've come, we've we've gone past the point of, uh, you know, crying about it or uh, making a big deal. And it's you know, yeah, <laughs> get used to it. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> I, say, I, I, mean, I I agree. I just I just love just to just to poke at it a little bit because oh, everyone, yeah. everyone's like it's Barry Alvarez's fault. And it's. Anyway, it was so many things at once. And it's an, he's an, it's an easy, uh, yes, yes. Uh, easy person to, to, to throw it at. Yep. Yeah. Well, of course it is. So I mean, that's all great. Um, Mill City was asking, uh, Mill City JP, uh, earlier today, he was wondering any updates on Norman and Ronmanco status. Uh, did you hear anything at uh, media availability uh, this week, Feeks? Um, they've both been on the ice the last two days. I don't know if they're going to be in the lineup or not, just based on coming back after being away for so long, but they're both skating two days in a row here. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens this weekend. Some options, at least for Moscow. Yeah, he does have options. So, I mean, he's been playing some other guys, you know, well, it was Maroney's first game in quite a while this past weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. He's, that was he's not an exhibition. Stuck on the, the practice line for a while, but he got some action. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We shall see. As, I, as we always say, and of course, now Mote just starts throwing all these questions at us. But uh, he has a question for Todd. I hate Bucky, <laughs> but but it, but it's better when Bucky is good. What is the prognos- prognosis of the rise of Bucky? Uh, and and I think you would agree. You know, when these when both schools are good, 
uh, I love getting that hate going. The, the yes. rivalry, it's, it's just it's just so much more fun. Well, that's I mean, you think about your your best memories of this rivalry. They're not in series where both teams are under five hundred, are they? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the last series that both teams started under five hundred was uh, Woog's last year. Oh boy! So. Um, yeah, this is better when Phil Kessel is putting his hand to his ear when, <laughs> you know, they're playing for something. I mean, I I still uh, – it's hard to believe they haven't played each other for a championship since 1990. I mean, it's – there's uh, – so so much of those, you know, good times in the rivalry or times that it, it felt like it really, really meant something nationally are, you know <laughs> – in the past now and, and, and seeming sometimes like the distant past. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's better when both teams are good. As far as uh, what you're asking about the prognosis, um, the way that um, it's been portrayed to me is that the, when this coaching staff came in, uh, in 2006 or t- 2016, sorry, they had <laughs> to, yeah, maybe sometimes seems like that far long ago to me, but um, they, you know, weren't able to bring in recruits that they would have looked for that were, you know, 16, 17, or 18. They were looking at the 14 and 15 year olds then. Mm-hmm. And so starting maybe this season was maybe the first real, you know, kind of top end group that they wanted. But next year is really when it starts, when they get Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcotte, first round picks, probably or almost, you know, definitely for them. Uh, Dylan Holloway is going to be a first round pick in 2020. He's, I mean, people are talking about him top 10 potentially. Uh, they get, uh, Owen, Owen Lindmark from the national team program as well. Uh, and those four guys being really high end forwards are going to transform a lot of what they have in their, you know, top 12 in terms of mm-hmm. what they have in, at forwards. They haven't done that yet in, in a lot of ways. They're, they're still, playing with a lot of the uh, the players that, you know, came through or were here when uh, when Granado took over. And so I think next year is is, is a really key year for them to, to make that turn. And, and, and if it may, it, it seems like it would be next year because, you know, who knows how many years they're going to have those guys that are going to be first-round picks. It might just be one year. So, um, but they do have more coming after that. So, They've started that recruiting. It's it's taking maybe a little bit longer for the payoff than than they thought, but they really have seen, um, or they really are thinking they're going to see it all kind of come together next year, and then in the next couple of years after that are going to be um, uh, pretty pretty strong for them. And, and Hammy, you know, to Mote's point, um, it's 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 just so much more fun when the Badgers are good. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think some of the most memorable games that I can remember, you know, like Nick Checo in overtime, mm-hmm. you know, and WCHA playoffs, you know, stuff like that. Is the Badgers weren't necessarily good that year, though. Yeah, they, they were, were, but it, they yeah. were on a hot streak from what yeah, I remember they were, at that time. Right? Yeah, they were on a hot streak, and, uh, you know, so it was a very competitive game, obviously, to go on OT, and it was in Wisconsin, if I remember correctly. So just yep. stuff like that, you know, <clears throat> those are the kinds of games you tend to remember. And, and, uh, you know, obviously I'm biased from a gopher perspective, but I mean, like when Danny Ehrman scores, uh, 
you know, on a penalty shot and it pretty much blew the roof off Mariucci that night. And, um, it just all those kinds of great plays. And if, remind me, was it, uh, Nate Schmidt, did he make that one great play? Was that against Wisconsin too? That where was. He saved the puck? Yep. Yeah. I mean, just right. stuff like that. You, you remember, I mean, not like, I'm like you said, I mean, it wasn't like Wisconsin was necessarily great that year, but just, you remember big plays and big games and, um, and you kind of can throw out the, the records even, you know, in down years, you can kind of throw those out a lot of the time because, um, it's just a, it's a rivalry and you kind of, uh, just want to beat the hell out of each other. So, um, you know, if one team isn't great, uh, sometimes that still doesn't really mean anything. You still have a very competitive series. Apparently a fun memory for Mote was, uh, Rasmussen running Krug or Tim Krug into the future. He seems to remember a big hit against Tim Krug. I, I don't remember that, but, uh, I remember Tim Krug because I went to high school with him. So I played youth and soccer. Eric Rasmussen went to St. Louis Park. And yeah, that's right. Eric Rasmussen <laughs> did go to St. Louis Park. But I Tim Krug, I, I played youth soccer with him from like third grade on. So yeah, he was a good kid. I liked I liked Tim Krug. You you steal a couple of our you stole a couple of Jaguars from my high school. Krug. Um, you had uh, obviously uh, Joey Bianchi. Mm. Oh, who was the other kid in the last ten years? I, there's a couple more, but you've stolen a couple of our guys. Um, wait, frozen four chances as a question we're specifically. We're talking about Jefferson. Wait, remind me. Jefferson. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a Jefferson not, kid. Uh, Tommy Gilbert, you're probably Gilbert. About. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, <laughs> I just totally forgot. Um, yeah, Frozen Four Champs has a question for you, Todd. He says, Todd, as an outsider, what's your view of the current state of the Gopher program? Um, you know, I. I <laughs> I hesitate to answer that because I, I haven't seen enough of it, but it, it's, if you're talking about state of the program, I think it's still in pretty good hands here. Um, <laughs> you've got a coach that, that knows what he's doing. You've always had, well, I mean, to my, from my perspective, you've always had coaches who know what they're doing. Maybe that doesn't always <laughs> translate to what the fans like to see. Uh, but I think there's, there's a method behind it and uh, this the, the worst you know part of things now is waiting for the turnaround to happen right it's it's happening here in Wisconsin I'm sure this season isn't sitting well with people in Minnesota but a new coach comes in you got to give him time to make it yeah. his team I don't I don't know what I what I've seen maybe is that I don't know if this is Bob's team yet and you guys would know that better from being around it more, but um, it felt like in Lucia's first year, that sure wasn't his team that he played with that year. I remember that. Um, and, you know, a couple of years later, yeah, he had his guys. So it's painful for a couple of years. Yeah. But you, you hope that there's, you know, the, the, the payoff. In it. Yeah. And Viggs, I mean, to that point, obviously this is not Matsko's team yet, but uh, we are seeing glimpses of how he wants the team to play at least. Well, I think we're seeing it with that freshman line with how they play with so much energy and pressure on the reload and all over the ice. You know, that's how Bob wants his teams to play. I think one of the things holding this year's team back a little bit is defensemen who are able to move the play quickly. I think there's just too many times where they're hesitant and it slows the play down. You know, they don't get it going as quickly as the coach would like. 
And that's just going to be a limitation of this team because when they do that, everything starts to slow down and then they don't get pressure on the puck and the game just, you know, gets handed over to their opponents. I think one of the things that's interesting with Bob's rebuild is he's not doing it with 14 and 15 year old commits. You know, he's looking at guys like um, Sorensen, who just committed from Fairbanks, who's from St. Louis Park. He's doing it with Perbix, who is committed to Notre Dame. You know, he's doing it with Myers, who's having a great year in Fargo. He's trying to get some older players in here to mix in with what's already here because there's there's talented players on the roster. He's just trying to mix in a little something more to get his game going. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a big weekend coming up, I and mean, it's always great when the Badgers come to town. Um, the Gophers are in second place. Badgers are in last place, but I still think they're not going to be there because, you know, you get a couple more games played, and they'll be right up there. Um, but it kind of gets to, you know, we've got a big weekend. We've got the celebration on Saturday of the 40th you know, anniversary of the 79 championship team, and I'm looking at Kevin Luck now here in the, in the Mixler chat. He's like, well, uh, Gophers bring in uh, uh, potential recruits this weekend. Uh, you know, it's a big weekend, and I'm I'm thinking it, it's a great time because they should probably they should probably have some pretty good crowds, and you know you get some of these old old timers, you know, that were on that '79 team, uh, that might uh, help recruiting quite a, quite a bit, Hammy. Well, I mean, I maybe I mean I don't know that I want to put too much stock in anything like that, but I certainly think like weekends like this where you're playing a rivalry, you know, rival, and you have you know, pretty good crowds. Uh, certainly those are the times when you want to capitalize on what, you know, playing at the U um, is like. And so I certainly would expect them to have some players in, um, you know, even guys that have already committed. It's just nice to have them experience what it is like when you are playing one of your key rivals. And uh, so I have no doubt that that'll happen. And and on on the how many people are showing up kind of thing, uh, Viggs, you, you brought it up again today in your Twitter feed that, you know, um, you know, the, the Badger weekend tends to bring out the students and, uh, right now they could have 3000 kids show up for what? 1700 spots, something like that. Yeah. I think they'd find spots for them <laughs> if all those kids showed up, but, <laughs> but they've opened up the passes. So typically the students at Mary Chi, you either buy a Friday night or a Saturday night ticket. Well, based on the way redemptions have been this year, they open it up to both for all nights. So, We'll see what happens. Uh, I know Saturday uh, regular tickets are getting pretty close to sold out. There's only a couple hundred left. So we could see some atmosphere in the building this weekend, which would be uh, a rare sight these days around 3M at Mariucci. Oh, I I got to agree with you there. It's just um, it, it is still that potential of people not showing no Vigs. I mean, we'll even, see. It's supposed to be really cold on yeah, Saturday. <laughs> Maybe people won't want to leave their homes, but uh, um, it would be nice of these, you know, these tickets that are sold and people aren't showing up, and these corporations. You know, I don't know if if the U can do much about it. I mean, you know, they've got the data. They know who's not showing up. They know which corporate seats aren't getting filled. I mean, this is the and type- I think the corporate seat thing is a bit of a myth. I'm doing a state of the program article for the Athletic here right now. And I've asked them a little bit about it. And it's not necessarily corporate seats that are no-showing. It's it's a variety of seats. It changes from night to night. Um, they're getting pretty good data on it. And it's just that's that's a myth out there that it's all corporate seats not showing up. Well, I think, you know, people have traditionally thought, you know, the the 
the high end seats in the middle by the M, you know, you, 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 we shouldn't be even seeing the M on television, but you do a lot because there's a lot of empty seats there. Yeah, that might just be the rich people seats and not so much corporate seats. <laughs> you because those be are the ones that people hold on to. You know, they've got money where if they don't use the tickets, you know, they don't care as much, and you know, they might even think that they've given it to someone who's going to use it, and they don't end up going to the game. So, it's more complicated than just corporate people not showing up. Now, uh, Vigo how... sounds like he's speaking from a, from personal experience with those rich people seats. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do believe isn't Donald over there in the section like seventeen or not seventeen, maybe uh twenty or something like he's that. He's in the corner. He's in oh. the six hundred dollar okay. no donation seat. I th- I think that's where he was though. Yeah, he he got a little fed up, I think, with the donations and the the reseeding that happened to the bowl. And uh, I know that the administration at the U realized that that was a mistake, but different people in charge and. Yeah. They're trying to get creative with new ways. Uh, on the flip side, you know, the past seven or eight years, um, the season tickets and total tickets have gone down in Madison as well, Todd. Is, yeah. is, is that starting to rebound? Um, no. <laughs> yes, is the short answer. Um, they had a pretty good bounce back um, in Granado's first season. Uh, they that summer they had a pretty strong marketing campaign going. Um, like I remember seeing, I was at a, a, an event in Milwaukee, and uh, as there was a TV in the background, and I saw a commercial on a Milwaukee channel for for Badgers season tickets, and I, I'd never seen anything like that before outside of Madison, maybe on a couple of billboards. But uh, since then, it, it's you know kind of just reverted back to. Um, the way it's uh, the the trend that that's been going on for like like you said the last ten plus years now that uh, the fan base that they have is getting older maybe not as willing to, to come out every night so maybe they're giving up season tickets and buying a couple of nights single games mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. um, the student section has shrunk dramatically. Uh, I mean, they still have the same number of, of seats for them, but the, the number of uh, people, the number of tickets sold and the number of students that show up is, is down pretty significantly. And um, I, and to me, that that kind of um, sets your atmosphere a little bit. I mean, because yes. I, th- I think we've all seen games he- here at the Kohl Center that when the student section is good and loud and large, uh those are the fun games to watch. Those are the fun games to be here for because there's noise, there's a buzz, there's, you know, they, they get cheers going, they, they do all this stuff. And, and the other nights it's just kind of like, oh, okay, twiddle our thumbs, wait for something to happen. And, um, you know, it's the band is playing the same songs it did 30 years ago, I swear. <laughs> um, and it's, um, you know, not much has changed that way. So um, I, I think there may be some more push for, for marketing, for uh, maybe opening things up to students a little bit more and, and knocking ticket prices down or uh, giving oh, them away that, or something. But. It, it, it's not the prices there. I mean, the prices well, have been the same forever. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that you know, a lot of Gopher fans like to go to Madison because they know the tickets are going to be $24. Right. No, I'm talking and, specifically about students, though. Yeah, students, if, yeah. You know, just, you know, kind of if they just – they've done this for, for volleyball – 
volleyball has had a resurgence here in the last couple of years where they, you know, basically a lot of nights let the students in for free and give them pizza and say, here, make some noise for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's worked out. Uh, Frozen Four Champs has another question for you, Todd. He wants to know, uh, what are your thoughts of bringing NCAA regionals back to campus? I mean, we've got, um, the, we've got a Midwest regional that's basically, you know, <laughs> yeah. in Pennsylvania this year. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I've I've hesitated to to jump back on that bandwagon. I used to be all for that. I mean, those were great atmospheres in a lot of them, unless you were on the the visiting side, mm-hmm. in which case they weren't. And so that was kind of what turned me into someone who think that the 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 neutral sites were were better for the. Um, I, I I'm not sure how to how to describe it, but just for the the having it be a, a, a fair, a fairer test for both sides. And yes. if you're, if you're having a, a team, um, hosting that maybe, well, and it happened here at Wisconsin one year, I think it was 2008, uh, Badgers were the three seed. They snuck in the tournament that year hosting at the Cole center and Denver was the two seed. And so Denver had to play Wisconsin here, uh, in the first round. And well, Wisconsin won, even though Denver always has won like 85% of the games they've played here for whatever reason. But Denver lost that one, and, and that one uh, stuck with them as being something that was always mm-hmm. a sore. And you can understand why. That's that's not fair for a higher ranked seed to be going on the road and to play uh, in another team's barn. Um, so it, it, unless you can control those kind of things and say, well, it's, it's, you know, the, the four one seeds get the host or whatever. And I don't know that that's plausible given the buildings of some of, you know, teams around the country that might end up as one seeds. Um, I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's, if, if it's worth the, uh, uh, the little boost you'd get in, or maybe a big boost. I don't know in terms of attendance and atmosphere, but really that's what it comes down to Viggs. It says attendance and atmosphere. I mean, we're seeing attendance down all over the place. I mean, there's a few schools that uh, that are you know filling the arenas. You know, they always do in North Dakota because there's nothing else to do in North Dakota. But you know, I was even watching some of the the uh, Western Michigan St. Cloud games this week uh, this weekend. You know, St. Cloud's top of the the heap pretty much most of the year. Western Michigan's been really good, and there were a ton of empty seats at the National Concrete Center. Yeah, it's hard to know what the issues are with attendance everywhere. You know, there's so many ways to watch a game these days and so many other distractions for people. Um, I personally, I want that first round game to be something like a best of three hosted by the high seed. I think that would be great. You know, that's going Todd's old school. talking about a three going yeah. to a two. You know, that's not fair for the three team. But it, if the two got to host the three seed in all four regions, that would be awesome. It'd be great atmosphere. Uh, ESPN can figure out how to televise softball for the NCAAs all over the place. They can figure out how to do D3 football games when they get to that point. I think they could figure out how to do a My Hockey TV, and you know, it's just going to be a different atmosphere than they're used to. I think there's definitely a, they definitely can. There's a, a want to that is probably <laughs> the uh, uh, the limiting factor there. Well, let's talk about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about hockey this weekend. Uh, Hammy, the Badgers are coming in. Um, you know, both teams have kind of struggled you know, this past weekend. Uh, Minnesota more than uh, I would say uh, the Badgers, but uh, 
this is a big weekend for the Gophers. If they do want to do anything and, and stay close to striking distance in the Big Ten, uh, Minnesota's got to take care of the Badgers. Well, absolutely. If they want to buy, they absolutely, absolutely have to sweep the series. But uh, as we've seen the last few weeks, this team is pretty much bipolar. I mean, one week they're <laughs> great, you know, doing a lot better. The next week it's like, you don't know what's going on. You know, it's one, one step forward, one step back, you know, and it's like, where are they going? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is a big series. Uh, obviously, we've talked about all the the hoopla that can revolve around a rivalry. And um, so hopefully the guys are excited, especially the young guys who have, you know, yet to play against Wisconsin, you know, at home. So it's uh, hopefully it'll be a fun weekend for them and they'll bring some great energy to the rink. And Beaks, you know, we do hear, like Hammy was saying, there's, there's quite a bit of hoopla this weekend, not just besides, not just because of the Badgers, I should say, but, you know, we've got that anniversary 1979 team uh, coming in on Saturday. But, uh, you know, what was Mosco talking about? He, he probably talked about that, but what, what was he saying that the Gophers need to do to be successful this weekend? He just wants to see them come out and play with energy again. He thought they were flat for both games against Michigan State and didn't really find their legs until the last period of the weekend. And, you know, maybe it's because they've been off school for so long or the weird start times or something, whatever <laughs> it was. They never really found their game until it was too late. I don't think they'll have any problem getting up for this weekend. You know, this is a big series, a big point of the season for them. Uh, this should be some great crowds. And it, getting back to that point about bringing recruits on campus, if I was having recruits, I'd tell them to bring their parents with because they're the ones that probably remember the 79 Gopher yes. team. So that might make a better impression than the kids. It's funny even talking to the players you know, they don't really know a whole lot about the 79 team other than a lot of them went on to play for the Olympic team in 80. So it's it's interesting. It'll be good uh, to have those people around. I know the alums are around more often at Mary than they have been in the past. So should be some good atmosphere for them, too. And on the on the bad side, the Badger side, I should say, Todd, uh, what do you what do you expect from the Badgers this weekend? I mean, it, it's. It's looking like it'll be a pretty good atmosphere. I mean, Minnesota celebrating their old championship team. Uh, what better would the Badgers love to do than to spoil that? Yeah, and, you know, I kind of chuckled to myself when you said, what do you expect out of the Badgers this year? Because that, that's the kiss of death. When you expect something out of them, you get, <laughs> you know, something completely different, so it, it seems like. But, you know, it, it kind of strikes me that these two teams are kind of similar in, in what you would expect it of being from a, a desperation standpoint, you're getting mm-hmm. to that point in the season where, boy, they need wins. If you're going to be part of this, part of this race for, for a championship or for a top two spot or for whatever, you've got to start converting games that uh, you're close in into wins. And, you know, can't fix the past. You can only worry about what you've got ahead. And, and so the Badgers have been saying the right things that, you know, you know, we know we're close. We we think it's still there, but I just wonder how much these last couple of weeks have really just graded on them, and and maybe t- taken away a lot, some of the uh, what could be confidence out of the way they've played, um, but it maybe turn it into just a sour feeling out of the way the result has come up. Uh, so I, I I don't know what to expect out of them. I think <laughs> if if they if they play like they've played. In the last couple of weeks, I think they'll be they'll be okay. Um, I don't know if that means a split or if it means they get you know two points or if they get 
whatever it ends up being, but um, they've played well enough lately to be right there in this series. Yeah. Well, what are you working on this week for uh, the Wisconsin State Journal for pre-series? I have a story I'm working on tonight about uh, Will Johnson, who is um, one of their senior forwards. Who is um, he's been on the first line most of the season. He got uh, knocked down. Uh, I forget when it was in November. Knocked down to the fourth line, and it, it, was, you know, it was just kind of a wake-up call for him. Um, so I'm getting into to that a little bit and he's from california so uh, a little bit into his background and how he he got into things and uh originally an air force commit and so that's a interesting twist on mm-hmm. things too but uh he's he's an interesting kid he's uh you know what probably the, one of the most friendly guys on the team and so he'll he'll talk with you for you know 20 minutes if if you want to so um some good stuff coming from him and do you expect that that to come out uh maybe thursday night friday morning that That'll be on our site tomorrow, you know, maybe midday-ish, okay. but, yeah, it's in Friday's paper. Okay. Viggs, what are you working on for The Athletic? Well, I've been uh, digging under hood of uh, Gopher Hockey the last couple of weeks, talking to Mark Coyle, um, Mike Wiersbecki, who's in charge of marketing, uh, Bob Motzkow, uh, some alums like Jordan Leopold and Johnny Pohl, just to kind of get a, a sense of the pulse right now around the program and, and what things are happening and what – what things they're trying to do these days and uh, should be out sometime this week. We'll see what my editor thinks when he takes his uh, <laughs> mighty sword to it and oh gets it ready for the site. <laughs> uh, you never know. <laughs> you just never know what those editors like to do. Well, well my editor just had a, a kid. So time is, time is a little challenging these days for these well, parents you, with young children. Maybe you could slip it by them then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, Todd, thanks for coming on with us again. Hey, thanks for having me. And we'll and we'll definitely see you this weekend. And you know if you know if you, are you going to be writing two Friday night there, Viggs? No, nope, I'm just going to be there Saturday. My my kid has outdoor practice on Friday, so uh-huh. I'll be outside uh, trying to keep the kids from getting frostbite. Oh, Oof. that's not good. It'll uh, be fun, and I'm I'm going to the pond hockey this weekend too. I'll be uh-huh. playing Friday and Saturday morning, so that'll be a busy weekend coming up. Yeah, it is. It's a busy weekend. Well, you know, Todd. Hopefully, we can get you to come out after one of these games. You know, well, it's going to have to be Friday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll, we, we'll make it the, Friday. We're on the road on Saturday, as uh, as we tend to. Yeah. To be, so. yeah we, I think we can make that happen. You know, it's always fun to get out and uh, have a few beverages and a and, and a meal. You know, late in the evening. So I'll definitely contact you about that. So about ninety nine percent of the time, up for that. Yes. <laughs> Oh, other than that, what do you got going on, Hammy? <laughs> I will be at the bar Saturday night. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I will be watching a game for the bar Saturday. But um, <clears throat> Friday is to be determined yet. Mm. We'll have to see what that means. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe yeah. I'll be on the, you'll get me up into the press box, right? <laughs> you know, actually, we probably could. It just depends on uh, how f- uh, so f- uh, a few certain people feel about you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I have burned bridges over the years, so yeah. I, won't, I won't look for any favors. Yeah, maybe so. Well, thanks, Todd, for joining us. You know, well, I'm sure we'll get you on again. You know, the next time we face you guys, and you know, that could be in, in a W. How much said WCHA in a Big oh. Ten playoff series? So, hey, uh, if that happens, I would. Uh, 
I would be more than happy to, to come back. And I, hey, I'd, I'd look forward to that. That that would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> That would definitely be fun. Well, that's our show for this week. You know, be sure to follow Vigo on Twitter at evigo and Hammy at Hammy Hockey. Uh, for those of you listening live, stay tuned for a bit of overtime coming up next. For the rest of you, we'll be back next week to you know recap the Badger series and preview the Wolverines coming to town. We'll see you next time on the GPL podcast. 